NFR Extra is a podcast dedicated to the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons and personalities that embody the Western lifestyle. And uh, there's a lot of that in the kids nowadays. Like, if you want to be a bareback rider or a bronc rider or team rope or whatever it is, like, fully commit yourself to that. Mm-hmm. And it'll be worth your time in the end. You put the 10,000-hour rule into effect, too, and, and just stay positive and look out the windshield instead of the rearview mirror and just take it one horse at a time. Don't get caught up in all the other stuff and, and uh, just keep it simple, you know. That's kind of how I go about it. And uh, I got the best job in the world, and I try to enjoy it every chance I get because it can end at the snap of a finger. How do you convince someone to move to Marshall, Missouri? If you want a rodeo, <laughs> you get the rodeo. You you might drive 12 hours to win $200. Oh, my but... gosh. Hey, everybody, this is Steve Godert, and you're listening to the NFR Extra. just a little darker don't make this about me so <laughs> jess you uh you have a big life event coming up and um i don't know if you told us before but take us back to how you and your future bride met uh so the ifyr uh bloomer trailers they used to do a high school team and stuff there um so they only did juniors and seniors i was a junior and sydney's sister was a senior uh but i met sydney down there and and uh we became really good friends, always had a big crush on her and stuff. And then um, in 2019, I invited her to the college finals and she ended up not showing up. Ooh. And uh, so I needed a next day passport because I knew I was going to Pinoca later that month. That was my rookie year. And uh, you could do that in Aurora, Colorado. So she lives in Brush. And so I called her and I said, hey, I'm broke. I ain't got enough money to buy a hotel. I'm going to need somewhere to crash. And like it was far enough out of the way for me to go there that if I just would have drove straight there, I definitely had the money to buy the hotel, but I wasn't <laughs> going to let her know that. And uh, so after that, I just kind of kept showing back up. I knew where she lived then, and we we're rodeoing up there. And um, so after the 4th of July and stuff, I pretty well went there every week for a couple of days and started dating. And then she moved to Marshall, Missouri, and went to college there and played softball, and that's where I was at. And the rest is history now. Well so, played, sir. I, I well know. played. I know you uh, you have an affinity for Marshall because you rodeoed there, but I was in the Ozark region as well. How do you convince someone to move to Marshall, Missouri? If you want a rodeo, <laughs> you get the rodeo. <laughs> you you might drive twelve hours to win two hundred dollars. Oh my but gosh! The memories and you know, like Livingston, Alabama, that was oh. one of my favorite college rodeos. You got on. Not the greatest horses. Mm-hmm. Like, I got on five rewrites there one time. Oh, my God. And it was scorching hot. But, like, just being down there, you don't have a care in the world. You're in college. You get away from town or whatever. And, and then you venture off out in the boondocks to the store. Uh, pretty good times. <laughs> in there. Yeah. No, I I'll, I just will tell a quick story. So, when we went to Marshall, I stayed at the Marshall Inn. I don't know if it's still there or not. But you open the door to the bathroom, and the ceiling, like, floats. Like, it... It, it's a classy what? place. Let's just say there were five of us in that hotel room because we were all broke at the time. But yeah, it's 
Anyway, I love Marshall. I, I love Missouri Valley was always a really fun rodeo because that's usually where our season kicked off. So that's a that's a great place to be a bareback rider too because Ken does a great job. Yeah, he does. And, you know, like I still go up there. Um, I lived up there until uh, just this last fall. I moved back home uh, to mom and dad's and going to start um, building a house and stuff over there. But it's only two hours, two and a half hours if you hit traffic in Kansas City. So I go up there quite a bit to see my brother and, and pick up practice just because – you surround yourself with champions and people that want to win all the time, you're going to be successful no matter what. So to me, it's cheap to drive up there because I get to surround myself with the right people. I can have coach criticize me on the bucket machine or the spur board or anything like that. Like Tim, he still lives there in town. Uh, he has one of the best groups of kids I've ever seen. Like I wish that group was there when I was in college, like the brotherhood that they all have and they all want to be great bucking horse riders. we got some bronc riders and bareback riders and, just the energy, like when you get up there and you just show up, pull in the parking lot and hang out with them for 10 minutes, it just, it changes, you know, it's just a different energy and a different drive and it makes me want to move to Marshall, but I can't, you know? Sure, sure. And that's, I think that's a testament to Ken, you yeah. know, I mean, if you, you ever meet Ken Mason, like that is a very, very intense and involved guy. I mean, I, I really, really like how much he, he cares for his people, you know, and he keeps in touch with you guys after you graduate and move on. Yeah, I mean, he's one of my best friends. I talk to him every day, um, call each other, see how his day's going, and it may be for five minutes or it may be for an hour, you know, depends on what we have going on. But he fully dedicates himself to the rodeo team. That's what I love about it. You know, like, it may be 3.30 in the morning. The guy never sleeps. Like, <laughs> I think he's half elf. He's just way, like, bigger half than an elf. elf. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, an elf never sleeps because they're making gifts all the time. But uh, so, <laughs> we're coming. Put a pin in that one because we need to revisit that. But go ahead. Sorry, oh, I yeah. needed that. He, yeah. he gets like a full forty-five minutes of sleep a day. But <laughs> you know, like if he can't sleep and he's got stuff that he wants to get done at the barn, like there was times where I might have been coming back from the bar and there was Ken down there in the barn doing mm -hmm. something. You know, and like he doesn't do anything else. It's strictly there at the rodeo barn, and I think that's why he's built such a dynasty there. Like seeing all the pictures of what it was when he got to school there. I mean, they lived in Selene Hall at the time, all the college rodeo kids, and it was 10 miles out of town, you know, and it was like an old nursing home or something. Uh, he's The committee loves the rodeo team there, so we have a big covered indoor barn now with a lane and an arena in it. The dorms are right there beside it that's strictly for the rodeo kids. And, like, just to see all the improvements and upgrades, like, if you truly dream of something and want it and work for it, you're going to get it, and that's what he's done there, and it's pretty cool to see. All right, I promise just one more re-ride story about Marshall, Missouri, and then I'll move on. So uh, my freshman Good, because I got to hear this elf thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, my freshman year, the arena was in a bowl, and I don't know if you guys still do it. So, but it rained so much that the tie-down ropers and steer wrestlers had to tape their boots on because that mud that was in the bowl was so sticky. If you didn't tape yeah. your boots to your legs, they would come off. I mean, it was... Anyway, it... Yeah. Fun place. Was Johnny Walters putting the rodeo on when you, uh, you yes. were there? Yes, yes, he was. Oh, Walt. Yep. Gosh <laughs> dang it, kid, get over here. Not an elf. Though. Back, back to your elves. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, pull the pin, Steve. Go I ahead. Let's talk about elves because apparently you know a lot about elves. Is this just something from movies or do we? I watched a movie one time. Okay. Buddy the elf. He's he was an over. He was like Ken. Okay. He was an overgrown elf. So I love you. A documentary. I love you. Okay. Yeah, candy, candy canes, yeah. candy corns, and syrup. Is yes. there sugar and syrup? <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, that's that's really all I know okay. about him. All right, but he I got he gets a, a full forty five minutes sleep a day, so <laughs> yeah. he's good to go. You know, yeah, it has to be true. It's on TV. <laughs> oh gosh, are his ears pointy? Where did you get the wood for a rocking horse? <laughs> oh, I mean, positive. Be sure to visit Cowboy Christmas. You might see an elf. That's exactly. right. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Tag it. Hey, don't be a cotton-headed ninny muggins. Ninny muggins. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Go to the cowboy Christmas. Start swallowing all those cotton balls. Yeah. <laughs> my, my finger has a heartbeat. <laughs> all right, all right. That was down. Um, it's been a long time coming for you to have the gold buckle. You have won the average every time that you've gone to the NFR. You're, I mean, arguably one of the most consistent guys that we've seen all year long. At the NFR, you proved that. And now is this the start of what you think of like, here we go. Now it's the Jess Pope world. Uh, I hope so. You know, um, I go, I just show up and do my job every day, you know, uh, life. And to me is about perspective. And if you have the perspective of you're going to make everything great all the time, it's going to be great. Um, to, and to be a world champion, like it's not just 10 days in Vegas. Like it's a full year of whirlwinds. You got to draw the right horses at the right places. You got to keep from getting hurt. Um, you got to stay healthy, you know? And like, it's just one of them deals when all the cards align, you just have to play the hand at that point in time. There's 15 guys that I can think of off the top of my head that are world champion quality guys. Um, just the start, you know, there's something that didn't align perfect for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, you put the 10,000-hour rule into effect, too, and, and just stay positive and look out the windshield instead of the rearview mirror and just take it one horse at a time. Don't get caught up in all the other stuff and, and uh, just keep it simple, you know. That's kind of how I go about it, and uh, I got the best job in the world, and I try to enjoy it every chance I get because it can end at the snap of a finger. Right. So with that mindset, you've been very, very close before. So it, do you just take those memories where – you wind up second in the world. Is that just a motivator to go, Hey, I, I need to work just a little bit harder or I need to change this part of my preparation. Do you you use that as fuel for your fire? Yeah. I mean, everybody does, you know, like from the time I was a little kid, I wanted to be a world champion, uh, watched it, studied it, you know, in high school I was making, I had to make a blog for an English class. And so I took, um, like Casey Fields, Willow and Bobby Moe when I was in high school, them were like three guys that were just kicking butt and, uh, button heads and, so I broke all that down. So, like, I've tried to study it forever. Um, and I always think back, you know, like, I when I was that kid wanting to do it so bad, I just got to keep that fire, you know. Like, once you win the gold buckle and everything, it makes you want to go win 10 more. But I always try to look back from when I was that kid, and just that feeds me the fire. When was the first time you got on an actual bucking horse then? How old were you? Uh, so I got on just a couple ponies. Um, when I was like 10 years old and they were, I, I wouldn't even call them bucking It's more like a little lope, mm-hmm. but, uh, I rode the bucking machine a ton. Uh, there was an old man over by the house, George Steinberger. He started a bunch of good guys like Will Lowe and Jeff Collins both started there. Uh, I started there. So the first school I went to was one of Will's, but I got on the bucking machine every Tuesday night from the time I was probably seven years old because I wanted Holy to be Ty cow. Mary. Um, so I didn't even have a Bronx saddle or nothing because I didn't make one at that time small enough. So I would just get on there and uh, ride somebody else's saddle without pedals and just spur the bucket machine. We'd be over there for four or five hours and he'd pay him five bucks, you know, every Tuesday to get on his bucket machine. But uh, I don't know. I just, it was fun to me. Um, Like I played sports and stuff, but 
rodeo and I thought was way cooler and way funner than it was to go play baseball or anything like that. Let's take a quick pause and we'll be right back. Looking to rope in some news and features you can't find anywhere else? Then look no further than the series of blogs at nfrexperience.com. You'll find customized content from experts in all things rodeo and Las Vegas. There's the NFR Insider, the Mental Game and One-on-One with Susan Canode, Hurley's Hotspots and Gold Buckle Buzz with Brian Hurlbert, NFR Experience with Patrick Everson, and the Junior World Finals with Jack Nowlin. There's something for all rodeo fans. Check it out at nfrexperience.com because legacies and memories are made in Vegas. So we we always say it as announcers how physically demanding bareback riding is, and I, I don't want to take anything away from that. But with that conversation, when do you think is the best age for young people to start? Because it does take a toll on your body. So, like, when I started getting on, I didn't really have anybody to tell me, like, hey, don't get on. You know, like, Will O started riding bucking horses when he was, like, nine years old, and he's 40 and still doing it. Like He's been the same size, though, too, since <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's built for it. He's just a freak of nature right. is what he is. Like, yeah. there's not yeah. another Will Lowe. Yeah. But, uh, so, like, I started my freshman year getting on, like, bigger horses at the high school rodeos and practicing and stuff, and um, by the time I got out of high school, my brother, he was a freshman my senior year, and I told him, no, you don't need to be getting on yet. You're not big enough. So we made him wait till he was 16. And then my youngest brother, Judd, he just turned 17, and he's been on like five now. Um, I think there's, as a young person, there's so much crucial growth plates and stuff that aren't closed right. off. And like, it just takes one bad wreck, and then you're never going to be able to make a career out of it. Right. You know, like, I think it's great that we're growing the sport at, with the young kids, but let them get on steers and bulls or right. something, you know, like don't tear your body up now. Cause if you want to make a career out of it, if you really do enjoy it, you can make a ton of money after you're 18. Like there's a lot of guys that I've seen that didn't get on until they were 17 or 18. And by the time they're 21, their body's so mature. It comes so much natural and so much faster for them. Well, and you're actually seeing that a lot in other professional sports like right. basketball and football. There's a lot of guys that played for the first time at 16 years old. Right. Learn the game. Freshman year. Yeah. Right. You get a good coach and they're, they're not tearing learn. their shoulders out. They're not getting hit in the head. And that's like my son. He watches. He, he's he's going to be big. Like he's a big boy. But he loves watching, you know, all the Dale Brisby and old son and getting on. Dad, I want to get on. And we get, we'll get him on like a little roping cap or something if we're, if we're roping. But dad, I want to ride, I want to ride bulls. I said, all right, bud, 100 sit ups a day. Yeah. And hit like the, the man, yeah. And then I'm like, you do your sit ups today? He's like, oh, no, I will. But that's the thing, like you're saying about the physical preparation on that deal. If you can't do a pull up, you have no business strapping your body onto an animal. And that, I don't care how old you are, but like the physical preparations for that, for the core strength, for the neck strength. And the hard part is, too, a lot of these kids that maybe get into these situations is it doesn't take much to get a lacerated this or that or a punctured here or there. And the kids really don't know what the true consequences of that are. And I think the order, like you're saying, you delay that a little bit more to where, like, okay, there's some consequences here. You don't need to be seven years old and getting your bell rung. I mean, that's just, yeah. to me, is completely out of the question. Yeah, and, like, there's a lot of, like, I try to stay really involved in, like, the youth rodeo and mm -hmm. the high school rodeo because I do, like, my goal is to figure out how to give back to rodeo. Like, I had enough guys when I was young that let me, that mentored me, you know? Like, so that's my goal is to be able to give back to it. But you see so many of these young kids that are so hungry for it and 
like when they, you know, when they get to nine, 10, 12 years old, they want to go play sports while their parents keep pushing them. Well, heck by the time they're in high school, they're burnt out of it, you know, cause it's not fun at that point in time. Like there's so many kids that get pushed by their parents and it's freaking ridiculous. Right. Like it makes me want to just jack slap them. Well, it becomes <laughs> their life before they even realize it. Yeah. You know, now you get done with school, you have homework, you go into practice, you're going to your trainer. Now you have a nutritionist and it's almost crazy how in tune a parent can be. Cause there's, there's good. And then there's, there's almost too good where you're like, hey, they're they're not a full athlete. Like they're still a kid. They're still a student. And vicariously yeah. living through their kids too. Tori, like, I'm not gonna go yelling at my kid to go do something that I've never done. I'm like, you know what? That's what we have. If you want to do it, we'll find a coach for you. But like if you don't, and I think that there's seasons too. That's the hard part too. Like, even with rodeo, like you guys rodeo year round. So there's really not like there's not obviously your summer season is the busiest time. But, like, for these little kids or for all these other sports is, like, that's why there's baseball in the spring and there's wrestling in the winter. And there's, the, you know, it's like take a break from it and move on. But when you get committed to that to where you want to be the best and you roll, it's like the guys that are fighters, like the fighters. Like, you gotta be, you got to be able to fight in two weeks. Like, you have to stay in fighting shape the whole time. Like, you have to be physically in shape. Like, you can't just go sit on the couch for, you know, a week and not do anything. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. That's, like, I think that the dedication that you – Exhibit to this is what kids, you know, leading by example, I think is the best way to give back. And that thing is like, man, I want to do that. It's like, look at the guy that's doing it and he's the best at it. Mm -hmm. Compare yourself to the guys that are winning. Right. Figure out your own style. So I never really got to talk to you about it, but it was really cool how you surprised your brother when he won the college finals. Uh, Do you, you get nervous watching your siblings ride? Cause I, I mean, I know what it's like with kids, but um, like if I watch my dad team rope and he's in the short round, like I get really nervous just being an innocent bystander. But were you nervous when you showed up there to watch him ride in the short round? Dude, I literally about puked in the arena floor <laughs> when I was trying to pull his rigging down. Like, like I told every, there was a bunch of people there. I was like, you know, 10th round of the NFR trying to win the average and win a world title. I'm prepared for that. Yeah. But like seeing him, I don't know. Like I, to me, I'm just sitting proud of him. And, uh, yeah, I, I crawled out there, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm literally about to puke right here. Like, my leg got to shaking and stuff, the nerves, right you know. right there, buddy. It's right there. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Like, and it's it's one of those deals you want it so bad for him, but there's nothing you can do about it. And I think that's what I get so nervous about. Like, I know he can, but I just, I want to help him. Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing that I can do to help him. Yeah. So, but let him do it himself. So, I think that's where I get so dang nervous for him, but. Yeah. You're not helping not right, me right now. Can you be less nervous? That would be yeah. Can you help. please move? They want to swing the gate open. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, but just just know that I love you. Yeah, I don't know. Coach Mason was there, so I let him do all most of the pep talking. Yeah. You know, like, I have my own pep talking to deal with him or whatever, but I pulled his rigging down, patted him on the back, and just go win. Yeah, there and you go. I went to the next buck and shoot. Cause like, it's hard to try to focus in that because, you know, like, the true 15 minutes before and true 15 minutes after you get off, like you're seeing the competitor. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing like you are seeing the real person, but you're not at the same time. It's like bareback riding. It's so serious. And I mean, you can get hurt bad, you know, like, and it's with anything, but you kind of have to get into that mindset into that tunnel vision to where it's go time. It's me and him and that's it. And like any other distraction, it's really hard. And uh, so I just try to get out of the way. So you said Judd's been on five. What what do you see so far? Uh, he's got a not, lot of natural talent. Really? Um, he's been getting on the spur board and bucking machine for a long time now. And uh, I think it'll click for him really fast. I do. Um, just kind of one of them deals. I got to let him do his deal. What it, would your advice, obviously maybe 
wait a little while before you get into it for kids, but like the up and comers, any piece of advice or words of wisdom for like, okay, Hey, this is the most important thing that you need to for your ground zero for your foundation. What would that be coming from you? I mean, it's with any event, find somebody that's good at it and message them. You know, like I love it when kids message me, get on the spur board. The spur board is the biggest key thing because it'll train your body to react when you do get on a bucking horse. Cause if you start thinking it, it just ain't going to work, you know? So everything's just got to be a reaction all the time. Um, and there's so many little bitty things on the spur board that you can do wrong that make it traumatic when you actually do get on a bucking horse. So like send it to people that are winning, that know what they're doing, you know, have put that 10,000 hour deal in and, uh, and just keep building off of it. You know, if you're hungry enough for it and you really want to do something, put your mind down and do it. Like don't half-ass something. And, uh, there's a lot of that in the kids nowadays. Like if you want to be a bareback rider or a bronc rider or team rope or whatever it is, like fully commit yourself to that. Mm-hmm and it'll be worth your time in the end. Do you have any videos or anything that you do as far as, because you talk about like that deal for, you know, getting on the spur board, but like, hey, here's what you do right here. Like here's spur board 101. Do you have something like that on? Yeah, so like I have a, I have a deal typed up in my notes that just kind of is a roundabout deal of what I'm wanting from you. And then I'll take videos and I'll take my videos on the spur board and compare them, you know, like my free arm, your free arm should never move on the spur board, you know, and like when a kid gets to whip and I can put two videos side by side and send it to them and say, this is what you got to do here, you know, or if you're not engaging your core, like you got to clench your butt cheeks. There's two ways to flex your core. You can crunch or you can shove it out, shove your belly button up. Well, if your belly button shoved up, that makes your shoulders roll down and your butt cheeks clench. Well, now you're staying under your rigging a lot easier. It's just little things like that. But if somebody never tells them, they never know. If a horse bucks in general with me, my butt cheeks on <laughs> Or if he trips, coughs, and farts, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm bailing off. I'm out of there. That's why you ride in sandy arenas. Yeah, take yeah. that soft landing. Yeah, big tree fall hard. I know that. Much. Do you have a set warm up? Like, is there? You know, you talked about it earlier. When you get to the rodeo, you typically go to Justin's Sports Med, and there's tape involved, and there's this whole setup where Schmidt. You know, he mentioned that he just kind of shows up and saddles a horse. Um, but is there a set setup that you have, like a stretching routine? Like, what does that actually look like? Yeah. So I try not to do like a ton of stretching. I try to do activation stuff. Um, and I'm not the greatest at being able to tell you what you're supposed to do or what you're not supposed to do. Like Doug Champion and them. Yeah, they get it. Mm -hmm. But I've got my deal that works for me and it's what I've done forever. And I'm a little bit superstitious about it. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, you know? Um, but like if somebody has something, they're like, Hey, try this. Like at Houston this year, Caleb Bennett. Um, he was watching me do one of my warm-ups and he said, Hey, try this instead of that. And I liked it a lot more. So I changed that out, you know, but I do about 45 minutes of warming up, um, activation and stretching stuff, um, working on my shoulders to get with bands, to get them loosened up and ready. And then you start taping your elbow. So I, I know you're still a young guy, but how do you fight burnout? I mean, there's, there's those moments during the summertime where you've been on so many horses, you've been traveling, but I mean, how do you, how do you, Keep your headspace where it needs to be in those tough times. Uh, I tell myself I got the best job in the world. I mean, it's tough out there. You're away from your family. You're grinding it up and down the road, and sometimes things don't go your way. You know, you're drawing not the greatest, and it gets tough. But I always think from the time I was a little kid, this is what I wanted to do. The places I see and the people I get to meet, the friendships that I have all over the United States, like I got life golden. And there's people at home, you know, there's kids that want to be in my shoes and I just have to tell myself that, like, I was that kid that wanted to do that. So when you want to try to get down or negative or try to feel burnout, like, 
get that get that perspective out of there, pow it out, and freaking get the right perspective in there so you can be good. Words to live by. Yeah. <laughs> Dynamite drop like in there, money. I, I was just waiting for something else. No, Broadcast that's amazing. school's really paying off. Yeah, it's a lot just a bit outside. <laughs> uh, no, man, that's it's been awesome, and uh, I'm excited to watch this career, too, because like I said, with you know the consistency that you had in, in winning the averages and now for the world championship and being healthy, you know what I mean? That's always the big thing is a lot of these guys don't do good, and it's like, oh, yeah, but he tore, you know, I mean, you got – a burnt, you know, takes so long to get there, and it's kind of like, ah, eh, that was a tail end. But I think you're right, right in the prime, and it's going to be very, very exciting to watch you continue to rock and roll. And uh, I really appreciate what you're doing as far as trying to bring on and help the next generation, because especially for your event of the bareback riding, we definitely need, you know, more kids coming to it. So awesome visiting with you, and I uh, can't wait to watch you strap on another gold buckle in 23, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Thanks a lot, Jesse. Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com and we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe.